0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great. Filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at Aruba.com.
1: Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet,
0: sweet slumber
1: to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift
0: off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com.
1: Thanks for joining us. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Hello
1: and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Dravon James and this is Everyday Peace. And I'm so super excited to be here with you today as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality. How amazing is that? I mean, it, it it just delights me every time I say it because it brings it back to my memory that I have the ability that no matter what is going on in the world, no matter what's going on in my world, in my mind, you know how our mind tries to punish us sometimes. I still have the ability to live at peace. I have that choice, and so do you. Nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, wholeness, completeness, peace every day. And so on this program, we talk about the philosophy of everyday peace and a system for us to achieve our next level of greatness. We also bring the guests and the topics that highlight those opportunities for us to learn and to grow and even to entertain us sometimes. We have some amazing guests on this show, and today is just as amazing – unbelievable guests today. I cannot wait to introduce them to you. Over the last couple of weeks, however, we have been talking about goals. That's right. What a better time to talk about goals than the beginning of the year, right? So how to set them, how to make them, how to how to progress towards them. If you missed any of these episodes, I strongly encourage you to please go back and listen to them. Um, you will not be disappointed. You can listen to past episodes, our entire library of past episodes, by the way, by subscribing to the Dr. Dravon James Everyday Peace podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, or you can listen on Unity Online, Radio.org website. You can also access these past shows and a lot of free material and just a lot of help by visiting my website, the new and improved, the fabulous website, drdravonjames.com. Uh, if, you, if you don't visit frequently, I encourage you to do so. We got wonderful free courses up there. We got great interviews up there. We got encouragement. Just things to help us and to remind us that, yes, no matter what's going on today, you can live a life of everyday peace. So, as you know, our theme for 2022 is it's time to improve my life. I just love saying that. I love it's time to improve my life. Last week, we talked about why we put this theme in the first person. Why do we do that? Because we all need to take personal accountability for achieving the life that we want. This is our journey, right? Let's let's achieve the life that we want. Which brings us to our everyday peace moment. So dating back to last year, we have been discussing the importance of setting your goals for 2022 and setting them in the right way. As everyday peacemakers, you know, that how you set your goals are critical and it's critically important to achieving those goals. But we also know when it's time to get to work. And I got to tell you this, this is the season for action. This is the season for action. You could spend your whole life planning, waiting for everything to align just perfectly, right? This is the season for for action. Let's think about it. If you had a health goal right, and you've been planning it out the best way and you know this if you've been listening to the past episodes. First, think of the person you want to become and the habits this person would have. I love talking about this because I know that your goals are attainable when you approach them the right way. So, we're going to be talking more and more about goals as we go on um, throughout the year. If you have not connected with me and you were struggling with this in the past, if you have missed your missed the mark, you haven't hit your goals, don't worry about that. This is your season. This is your year. Connect with me. Um, I got a wonderful, wonderful uh, coaching group called Leaders in High Heels. I know, I know. I can already hear the men saying leaders in high heels. Yes, this coaching group is is exclusively for women. Not to worry. I do have coaching groups that I work with both men and women. But right now we are enrolling in leaders in high heels. If you are looking to achieve some incredible goals this year, check out my website. Message me. You can visit my um, social medias. You guys know them, but I'll say them again. Everyday Peace on Facebook, LinkedIn and Instagram. So that being said, um, it's time to get in motion with our goals. We're going to bring on our first guest of the of the show. And our first guest today is Su- Su- Susan uh, <laughs> Salinger. I-, I told you, I could say it great in the green room. Susan Salinger. <laughs> she is here to discuss her upcoming book, Sidelined, How Women Manage and Mismanage Their Health. This is right up my alley. I got to tell you, Susan, and I'm in the healthcare (laughs) profession for over 30 years.
0: (laughs) I know that. I I saw that.
1: (laughs) This is such an exciting and relevant topic. Susan, I want to welcome you to the show.
0: Thank you so much, and I was so happy to hear that one of your goals or your major goal is for to help women improve their or to help people improve their lives because my book is designed to help women improve their health care, so we're certainly on the same page and no no pun intended
1: <laughs> right absolutely and and you know what I couldn't help but uh, when I read about your 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 the wonderful work that you're doing. I'm like, oh my goodness, I was convicted. You know, there are some things in my own health that I need to get on right away and take in. in. But what started you on this journey of being so passionate about women and, and their health journey?
0: Well, I just had a, I had a very bad experience with a doctor many years ago. And, and I, had, I agreed to some surgery that I knew I didn't need. I had changed medications, had some common side effects. And he said, well, he did some tests and everything was fine and normal. And he said, well, you need exploratory surgery. And I knew in my gut that I didn't. I was absolutely positive. But nevertheless, the next thing I knew, there I was, you know, lying on a gurney, being wheeled into the operating room with all the tubes, et cetera, attached and so ashamed of myself. And, of course, they did the surgery and everything was normal. And I went back on the old medication and I was just fine. And I thought to myself, why did I ignore my gut? I I couldn't believe I did that. So I just started talking to some other women. And in fact, I talked to quite a few of them and found that almost all of them had at one point or another just made some sort of medical decision that they later regretted. And I began to really do some research. I thought it's just this, maybe it was just a particular group of women that I, you know, that I talked to. But of course it turned out it wasn't. And there's a ton of literature on how women, we don't put ourselves first. We put our families first. In fact, there, there was a, a wonderful little survey done where women were asked to rank, like, five things in order of importance. And the first thing we, that well, they put, and I'm as guilty as all of us, you know, we, we first we take care of our children. Then, here, I'm not so guilty, but the second thing was their pets. The third thing was their spouses or significant others. The fourth thing, I forget. But the fifth thing, the last thing was themselves. And so that was also the impetus for me to write the book because I think we really need to put ourselves first. And I, that's <laughs> well, a hard I, thing to do, you know.
1: I got to interject. I, I, I'm a little surprised that the pets came before the spouse. I, know. I don't know if that, I don't that, know if that rubs know? anybody else, interestingly, but I'm like, what? I
0: know. And I, you know, I laugh when I read it, and I laugh when I say it. But the reality is, it's not funny. I mean, imagine putting your dog or your cat, or maybe your your iguana, before yourself. I mean, I don't know. You know, I oh my do that. gosh, I know, yes. I know. Yeah,
1: and so but you know, know when you were... yeah. No point go go when you said that. <laughs> you know what I immediately yeah. thought about is that I, and I always, I've done, I've, I've put posts on social media about this. The airlines say. Put your own oxygen mask on first, ladies. And so the fact that we have not gotten the message, I'm really not understanding why, you know, Put your and I and I and I include myself in this because somewhere along this training that we all go through to become a woman, I don't know if it's said or it's put in the in the bottles that we we know we are nurturers, but we believe that everybody's life is more important than our. Like we come here just to lie down and be, you know, <laughs> picked off.
0: Yes. Of, right? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I agree with that a thousand percent. And I think, you know, throughout history, not only medical history, but just history, women have been devalued and, and misunder- our bodies have been misunderstood. I think so many of us have internalized this and we can find ourselves in standing in second place and not even know that we're standing there. It's just it's a matter of habit. Uh, yeah. Medical history and women <laughs> do not have a happy relationship. I mean, hundreds of years ago, the Dutch said that a, a cellar full of daughters or a house full of daughters was a cellar full of sour beer. The Chinese called us maggots in the rice. I mean, it's, you know, it, it goes back a long way, unfortunately, but there it is.
1: So interesting, right? So interesting that we are so necessary. I mean, and, and I am, you know, maybe I'm an, um, the eternal optimist, I guess. I, I believe, you know, that we are all both, both, you know, genders are so necessary. You know, how can yes. how can we survive without the male species? And how can the male species, and I say, you know, when I say we, I mean the human race, how can we right, survive without the female species, right? We are so necessary, equally necessary, Right. And I don't, you know, no hierarchy in it equally necessary. And that seems that seems right. really nice to me. Uh, but, I agree. But it doesn't I think, seem <laughs> well,
0: that we I operate that things, way. Well, I think one of the things I found the most interesting and that really made me feel sad. And I, as I said, I do it, too. But so many of the women I interviewed blamed their illness, whatever it was, they blamed it on their stress. And they saw it as, an, as, a, as a, how do I say it, a manifestation of their inability to manage their stress. They felt that by being sick, it was almost a public acknowledgement that they couldn't manage their lives. So many, so many of them were operating from a place of shame. And I think that that's one of the things that as women, and maybe men, I, I don't think men do it as much, but as women, we certainly need to overcome um, I think it's very important to remember, and this is almost my mantra is that self care equals health care, and you can't take care of yourself if you're consist- like you were saying earlier, if you consistently blame yourself, it's hard to get past that. it really is, yeah. and I think that um, there's 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 a lot of, oh, this is random, you know. Some people are stressed and get sick, and some people aren't stressed and get sick, and there it is. We have no control. And I think I that that's no control. Well, I think no control is really what we have to realize. How many people I, smoke and get lung cancer, and how many people have lung cancer that have never smoked? Not that there's not a correlation, but not always. Not all alcoholics have liver disease, you know. It just just depends. It's the luck of a draw to a certain extent. Not always, but to a certain extent.
1: Well, I got to tell you that I love something that you just said, and I've never, and I've got, I've been in healthcare for over thirty years. I've never heard it said the way you just said that. You know, people sometimes blame your illness on stress. I hear that all the time, but you took it to this level to just open my eyes like, aha. And so women will say, you know, and I'm just gonna go with autoimmune diseases because they are on the
0: rise,
1: right? And so you say, okay, well I have this autoimmune disease and it's because of stress. But on the back end, you pointed to something that I think is so true. And behind all of that, what we're really saying is that, and it's my fault, because I have mm-hmm. the inability to manage stress better. You, so you see, I had not only am I sick physically, but I'm also this weak individual who has no ability or That's intelligence right. over managing right. stress. Right. Oh my gosh. Right.
0: It's it's the old syndrome of blaming the victim, you know, Mm -hmm. and you know what I think just to take it one step further, I think that what happens is when you do that to yourself, I think that we, we, it makes it more difficult to recover because now not only do we have to get well physically, but we have to repair ourselves emotionally so that our, I think that our recovery efforts get split into two directions instead of just focusing on getting physically better, getting some physical relief. Um yeah,
1: and you're you're so right because I can s I hear um this you know, okay, well if stress management could help you, then let's just go straight to the solution. Let's get you some stress right. management. Not let's not blame you because for doing the best you could during the most stressful periods of your life. I mean, right. Let's let's stand up and applaud the fact that you you did it and you're still here and we're so right. proud of you. And here's how we're going to help you help yourself to heal so you can enjoy the next leg of your journey.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah. I think women just have a, a how do I say it? A double whammy. Because not only do they feel that their stress caused their illness, but then they feel guilty for being sick because they can't fulfill their responsibilities, whatever they may be, whether they're at work or with children or in the household or all of the above. And so I think that we lie there and feel guilty, blame ourselves, and then we worry about everything else that we can or should be doing. And that's a problem. It makes it yeah. very difficult for women to be ill, I think, and you're right about autoimmune diseases. I interviewed yeah. several women who who had those, and it's those are very difficult. Those are very difficult. Yeah.
1: So let's let's talk about the women that you interviewed in your very very eye opening book. Um, the, the book again is <laughs> sidelined how women manage and mismanage their health. Um, tell us uh, where, where, how did you find the women you interviewed for the book.
0: Yeah, it was, I almost want to say it was easy, although that's not quite true. But I did, I went on the internet, and I went into all the various support groups. And I just put it out there. I said that I was a writer, and I was interested in doing a book, and I would love to hear their stories. And I got a lot of replies. Women, they were so generous, Ever, I can't tell you how, how generous everybody was. And then the other thing I did is I put together a couple of focus groups. And this I found mind-boggling as well. I put two focus groups together. And in each group, 100% of the women had never talked about their illness with anyone other than their doctor. And that was the other reason I wrote the book. I want to encourage conversation, because I think that we, when we're sick, particularly with a chronic disease, well not well yeah, because chronic disease goes on and on. I think that we, we need each other, and we need support. And I think to try to take an illness journey alone is, is a is very difficult thing to do. I, I, I don't recommend it.
1: Well, you know, I'm not I'm actually not surprised by that because most women don't want the attention on themselves right there. As you mentioned in the beginning, you know. They're rating themselves below their pet, and right. so uh, right. Right. you know. So here we are, and then you get this. You you know, it's almost like don't don't make yourself a bother. You know, I can right. remember as a kid, you know, hearing this phrase. You know, you're you're, you're going to go over to somebody else's house. You know, make yourself useful, or make yourself right. quiet. Right. You got two <laughs> positions here, right?
0: <laughs> right. Play play nicely with others. Don't worry your pretty little head about it, etc. Et right. Et cetera.
1: Right. So you think you you, you realize that these people that you've been taking care of, you know, your whole life, and now you need to be taken care of. You don't even know how to start that conversation.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think it goes back to shame, too. I think when you're ashamed, you don't want to talk to anybody about it. You don't want anybody to know. And I can understand that. But you're doing yourself, I think, a true disservice. For one thing, you're cutting off any chance of support, because then then you're in it by yourself. You're in it alone. I'm actually surprised you weren't surprised. That's interesting to me. Yeah, um, you, know, cause just, a, yeah just, you know. I'm a talker. I'll tell everybody anything. So it's different. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, and it's, you know what? I, as I get older, I do say the same thing, too. What am I keeping this for? You know, put it out in the universe. Let it disperse. And it'll get concentrated. <laughs> it'll, get, it'll get diluted down. And it won't be yep. so heavy. That's right. Know?
0: That's right. You ask me you know, how I am, and my answer is going to be how much time do you have? Yeah,
1: you know? <laughs> because <laughs> right, I really need somebody to talk to. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Boy, you got to be sorry. Yeah, I, 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 totally get that. You know, and, and maybe that's uh, we need to start off that way. I think you know a lot of times we do feel like you know no one wants to hear this, and you know we're so much uh, we're an advocate for the family, and you know even when we have adult children or college age children, making sure they're getting their dental appointments, making sure this is done when they come home for break that's sort of my life you know right and then I'll go back and look oh wow you haven't had this you're a year and a half past due for this appointment Right.
0: right yeah 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 Well, you know, one of the things I I really want to stress, which is just a little bit off subject, but I don't want to run out of time because to me it's so important, is that women hesitate to get second opinions. And we're misdiagnosed Mm. so uh, much more often that women and minorities are actually misdiagnosed 20 to 30 percent more than the rest of the population. And there's, I think, like 12 million people are misdiagnosed annually. I mean, that's a lot. And I think it's so important for women to get second opinions. And you know uh, we don't do it because again we're taught to play nice. We don't want to be rude. We don't want to hurt the doctor's feelings. But I really didn't want to let the time go by without doing just a little bit of cheat I can't help it. No, I, I
1: appreciate that because I do know that um, I've heard that that women do not get second opinions, and you're probably right. You know they don't they don't want to insult the doctor or the practitioner. Exactly. You know because right. he or she is an expert in their field. Also want thing i can think too is probably time consuming right yeah uh, with yes. all of the other things that they have to do in the yeah. course of a day or a week or a month now to you know to to find another practitioner to set right. the appointment up to find time to go to that um to, you the, have to be able the, to get there you know yeah it's a lot of work and and as we said women are doing the work they'll do it for a loved one they just can't yes. they, They just choose not to prioritize themselves. So what can we do? How can we change this narrative? Your book is very informative. Before you answer that question, where can we find the book? Give us the title and where we can find it again.
0: It's called Sidelines, How Women Manage and Mismanage Their Health. It's on Amazon and it's on all of the other, um, you know, the regular websites um and it, it you have to put in sideline how women manage because there's several books that have sideline as their first title so i, I but it, it's all over the you know it's amazon would probably be your best your best bet everything's on there really i lose it
1: no, no. I'm oh, sorry. I, I said everything's uh, on uh, Amazon. So definitely, definitely go on. I encourage our listeners to please, if you yourself are a woman, buy this book. If you know and love and appreciate a woman, buy this book for her. She will thank you for it. She, the knowledge and then the information she get will be will could save her life. Right? Really could. Absolutely. And, and, and at the very the least, change thing. her pers- her perspective on on her health care. Go ahead, Susan.
0: Well, I say there was just one more thing. I hope you buy the book, obviously, but even if you don't, at the back of the book, there's a list of resources that I put a lot of work into, and it tells you how to do your research. Research, research, research. It tells you how to research your, your, your illness, your treatment, whatever. Just if you have to, and you can't afford the book, I don't even know what Amazon is charging, but just go to the bookstore and don't tell anybody I said this, but browse through the back pages. And is it, there's so much important information back there.
1: Oh, you're so generous. You are so generous. Yeah, you're right. There's important information in the back of the book that you definitely want to take advantage of. Make sure that you yourself are getting your, your appointments. Let this Let this conversation encourage you to be an encouragement to another woman in your life. Right. To nudge them a little bit, to make that nudge. And I appreciate how you started off the the interview by giving that very personal and vulnerable statement about how you got this exploratory surgery. And it was necessary. And how you knew in your gut, there is something about that intuition. Right.
0: Right. I think it's so important to listen to ourselves. I mean, sometimes I guess if it's an emergency, obviously you can't. You do what you're told. But in my case, it wasn't an emergency. I wasn't going to keel over the next day. I could have gotten a second opinion. I could have researched. I could have waited. I mean, you know, it's. It, I got frightened. Is what happens. And I think that we all either we get frightened or we get ashamed. We don't want anybody to know. So there's all these reasons that we don't listen to ourselves. We don't listen to our guts And I, yeah, like that's it. where I. I would say that's where you're that's where our goals really coincide about improving your life is improving how you think about yourself and how you take care of yourself. Just what you were saying. I think it's so important. Yeah, it's very important. I'm going to ask you
1: this question. We're talking about women not taking care, not prioritizing our own health care. How does that translate to having a female doctor versus a male doctor? How, and yeah. You being, yeah. How? how what's the care, <laughs> Any, any, any correlation there?
0: <laughs> well, you know, The jury's still out. Everybody asked me that. And I'm going to answer it in two ways. First of all, as I researched that particular question, I realized that my doctors are both male and female, which frankly, I hadn't even thought about. But I think the first thing you want to do is find the most competent doctor and gender has nothing to do with competence. There's there's lemons in, in both genders. But and some some of the literature says that women doctors are better. Some says male doctors are better. But so I think the answer, which is I'm, I try not to avoid the question, but truthfully, I think the answer is two things. One, make sure you get somebody that you think is competent because you've done your research, you know where they've trained, you know what the quality of the hospital, where they did their internships and residencies. But the other thing is to find somebody that you're comfortable with, regardless of their gender. Um, And I think that that is equally as important because the more comfortable you are, the more more you'll describe your symptoms, you won't be intimidated, you'll ask more questions, and you'll have a much better result. You'll have a better, perhaps a, a more accurate diagnosis, and certainly you'll understand what you have and what the treatment is. I think there was, I'm trying to remember, but I think I read something like... 15, I'm trying to find my notes here, but approximately 15 to 20 percent of us never go, leave the doctor's office and don't understand what we have. And you can't, you know, that, that's a real disservice to yourself. You've got to understand what it is, know exactly what you're supposed to do, and then, of course, follow through.
1: Well, thank you so much. We are We are at the end of this interview. Susan, you have been a breath of fresh air. The information that you shared with us is so very important. Um, We'll be back after this break with our next guest. Thank you for being on Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Create and build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. This is Everyday Peace. Um, We have a wonderful, wonderful guest coming up, um, David Heron. David is the author of the book, End Time Living, Despite Conflict and Hardship all is well. Welcome to the show, David. We're super excited for our discussion.
2: You know, thank you Thank you for, for your, your welcome. I appreciate that.
1: <laughs> so we're talking about the end of times, right? And I got to tell you, I, I know this topic has been talked about, written about so many times. There have been so many predictions, so much fear and hype around, is this it? Is this the end of time? And yet you have some refreshing encouraging news about the end of time which I am excited to talk about and before we get right into that really quickly um, how did you how did you get involved in all this what what led you to be interested in in spreading this good cheer
2: well I'm glad you said that because you asked that because it was really kind of weird I was reading the Bible and I have read the Bible before and I have never experienced anything like this I got to the book of Isaiah and by the time I got to the sixth chapter, it was, it was in some place, some kind of a temple or something. And he was overhearing God, the conversation, the Trinity, the conversation. And he was saying, well, well, who should we go for us? Who can do, who can do this? Who, who should we send? <laughs> and he, and Isaiah, he, I can just picture him. He must have been really timid about it because I was at this moment when I was reading it because I was thinking, wow, why don't I do the same thing? And I said, Here am I, Cindy. So I said, Here am I, Cindy. And lo and behold, um, starting the next day as I read through the rest of the book, I began to understand things in the prophecy that I had never understood before. Now, obviously, I, I don't know it all, but I know a lot more than I did before that. And the interesting thing about that was it was just a couple of years before I was retiring from my regular job. So I thought, well, I'm going to have, have a great time in retirement. Well, Bottom line is there's been nine books on this subject or, or related to it in the last 15 years and a, and a lot of stuff. And I'm not, I haven't had a chance to retire, but I'm happy about it because I have had a chance to serve and to help people at least share with people the things that, that I have learned. And I think that it's important because it puts a positive perspective on something that people should not be afraid of. Jesus said clearly, do not be afraid. Um, he said, don't even worry about it. Uh, and now I'm picking that, you know, different contexts here and there, but all of it was related to the end time. He said, don't worry about it. I, I, can, I can handle it. And you can too. You just have to stand firm, trust me. And, you know, it's, the bottom line is a lot of people, uh, well, I'm one of them, uh, I get scared. And it's not really an awful thing to be scared. But you don't want it to let it dominate your existence <laughs> to the point where you get obsessed with it. And, and uh, I think I think some some Christians have become uh, obsessed uh, in a very negative way to the point where their their lives are in, in, in distress. They're trying to avoid this in any way they can possibly can. But he, but Jesus also, this is going to happen in all nations. We're not going to exclude him or her it's going to be a hard time but it's going to be shorter he said he he said he was going to shorten that time period for the sake of the elect for people who trust him so it's right off the top it's not something to be terrified of it's not
1: well you know as, as you're talking about it and again for our listening audience we're talking about the end of times as spoken about in the bible and uh david has written a amazing book concerning that and uh we're talking about you know how to, how to live in this how to live with this knowing that uh, the end of time is coming but still be i guess of good cheer i want to say it that way it's yeah. called in end time living despite conflict and hardship all is well. Now, so much comes to my mind, uh, David, when I when I read the title of the book, because despite conflict and hardship, well, there's conflict and hardship around us to some degree every day, yeah. right? Yeah. And so it's almost like our life's journey is preparing us, right? Oh
2: yeah. To
1: be, we we keep, we we have the abilities. I want to say it this way: we have the ability to develop our faith muscle every day. There is going to be something that arises in this moment, in this day, in this week, in this period of time that makes us feel fearful. And then in that moment we have the ability to turn to let go of the fear and to turn towards faith. Right?
2: And, and he, we, he, we can
1: we get that we I, can I practice said that over heard, and
2: over again. I, I hope I heard you said to turn toward faith. Is that what you said? You right. Turn towards the yeah. faith. but yeah, so that's, that's right.
1: My mom used to say you can't. She used to say you can't pray and worry at the same time. Pick one, right?
2: right? Well, you can, and, uh, but but your prayer right. might not go very far.
1: Right, right. So you have to. So so I, what I mean by that when you mention here. Um, You know, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. The Bible says that so many times. I remember reading somewhere. I was researching that years and years ago, and I can't remember how many times the phrase in some form or fashion, fear not. Fear not. Do not be afraid appears in the Bible. Right. And And I thought to myself at that point in my life, well, I'm afraid of everything. So I don't know how this is working out for me. Right. But what i know is that as we grow and develop right the things that you were afraid of 16 15 years ago you've seen the triumph of the lord over those things in your life or you can bear witness to seeing them in somebody else's life and then it gives you more courage to say well I've seen God do this before. I've seen this resolve itself before, by the way, by the hands of the Lord. And so it builds my confidence, not in myself necessarily, but in what God can do,
2: right? What, what he what he has done and what he will do. He says he'll do it and he will do it. He, he's good to his promises.
1: Yes, yes. So maybe that's how, if we, if we sit back and, you know, he said all is well, but it really got me when he said, you know, um, Living despite conflict and hardship, and we are doing that, aren't we? Every day,
2: living despite conflict Yeah, and it seems, yeah, it seems to be escalating so that we could see on the horizon the fulfillment of Jesus' prophecy. Um, I, I would like to interject something, something here, um, because um, God, Jesus, God has—I just learned this a few the past few days. I was trying to discern what will be the outcome of all this. Well, in this, in this period, in, in that Matthew 24, the sermon that you're talking about, it's also in Luke 21 and Mark 13. Um, Jesus talks about people who are who are pretty bad, you know, people who are false prophets and, and false preachers, false, you know, this, false this and false everything. He talks about... Um, all kinds of different. He talks about persecutors. He talks about uh, terrorists, and a lot of it's implied, and a lot of it's straight out. Destroyers who are destroying everything. Um, traitors who are betraying their own family. But listen to this. Um, and these, this is from four different parts of, of the scriptures. The outcome for the for the bad guys. All right. Uh, first of all, in Jeremiah 30:15 to 17, it says. The devourers will be devoured. The enemies will be exiled. The plunderers will be plundered. The spoilers will be despoiled. Talk about justice. And then in in Jeremiah 17, 17 to 18, it says the persecutors will be shamed. The terrorists will be terrified. The destroyers will be destroyed. And the final one is Isaiah 33, 1 to 6. And all of these are, are texts that are... Uh, can be associated with the end time, and that in that one it says the traitors will be betrayed. So start off with that. The the bad guys do not win. Okay, um, it's, punishment is ordained for the bad guys. Uh, we we don't have a uh, a bad guy God who's going to say, well, okay, we're going to let them, let them get away with that. No, they are not going to get away with it. But the other side of it is that he loves them and wants to call them back to himself. Um, that's his will. It doesn't always happen. But he does love people. He just doesn't love them enough to let them get get away with this terrible behavior.
1: Right. And I love the fact that you interjected that there, David, because I think so often um, believers, some believers are discouraged by the fact that they don't see. Um, you know, the traitors uh, being um, punished or those who are doing things in a wicked way being punished. And it always makes me go back to Jonah and the, and the people of N- N- Nivea, N- Nineveh, excuse me, Nineveh. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, <laughs> you're saying, well, you know, you are the person in Nineveh, but God had a love for them, too. Here was sin and Jonah on this on this trip to go save those people, and if they would have turned from their wicked ways. you know, There's that verse in the Bible that says, if my people would turn from their wicked ways, right? And um, so we, we are given the opportunity. So I, I, and that's for people can listening. I, can, I, in. can I
2: interject? That's a sentence in there? Yes. The, out, the outcome of that was that he got Jonah mad at him because he, distri- he decided not to destroy this wicked city. Right. And Jonah didn't understand that. And God said, Well, it was because of all those innocent babies and, and the innocent domesticated animals. That's what he said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it wasn't because of the adults that are going crazy and doing all these bad things. I'm gonna spare that city at least for now, because <laughs> because of babies and domesticated animals. God God is really a God of love. He he he, mm-hmm. he, he knows what's going on.
1: Oh, I'm so glad you, you know, and I. this is this message is so encouraging, and I hope our audience is getting that, because I'm feeling lifted in my spirit just talking about that. But we go back, and I think it was um, Lot, and, and they were traveling, but, you know, during that time period, and, and God was going to destroy uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, I think. And he said, what if you find one good person there, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> and he, well, he got and it, he got it with, down. I don't think he got it down to one, but he got it down he, to he, ten, and then it said God right. left. He, he yeah. got it down to yeah. ten.
1: He started out with this really high number, right? And he goes, Well, yeah. you know, and he's he, you know, you know, just like a kid, you know, well, what if you find and God says, Okay, yeah, I won't destroy
2: yeah, you know yeah. so he, thought he was he, actually he thought he was actually persuading God, but God knew exactly how how well he was gonna let him get before he said, Okay, that's enough <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. It, but but it but it it does go to show that we have a loving um God and provider yes. and protector and savior and that he does want us to have every opportunity to turn towards him for, for our complete salvation um, that we do have that opportunity that all is not lost as some would have us to believe because we've made some decisions in our life that were not a hundred percent aligned with the savior. You know um, he has made provisions for our for our missteps and even even our intentional wrongs, as that may as, as as ludicrous as that may sound, there is that. So we know that there is betrayal and persecution um, were mentioned by Jesus in the beatitudes. He, Jesus said, "When we are persecuted, our heavenly reward is great. When we are persecuted, our heavenly reward is great. How should we respond if when we are, when we experience hardships like these today?" You know there's a lot of people who would say, "Um you know persecution it appears in so many ways in their life, you know, because of the results of the coronavirus and this pandemic that's been going on forever. People are experiencing hardships that are of no fault of their own or people are being wrongly accused wrong. How should we approach those things today
2: well, I think you I think you answered it along the way um uh, it's a It's a matter of trusting him and what he says because he says the outcome is going to be fine. Uh, yes, it's going to be hard, um, but you can do this. You know, trust me. Stand firm. Don't, don't run away. Uh, don't, don't be scared. And if you are scared, um, tell me about it, and, and I'll help you. It, it's, 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 not, <laughs> it's not like, well, you don't know, get this right, and I'm going to cut you off. You know, that's, that's not the way it is, um, because all of us have sinned and fall, fall, fall short of the glory of God. Um, but he sent Jesus to take care of that, and he did when he died on the cross. So the sins, if we trust him for it, are um, accounted for by Jesus' own suffering and death because he was the Son of God, so he was able to do that. Um, we trust him, and then we go from there, and in our daily lives, we trust him some more. I remember my wife when she was she was near death. She she had a victorious end of her life. It was amazing. I won't go too much into it, but I can remember hearing her talk about um, trusting God, and and she was saying, "Well, I will not complain." I heard her under her breath saying, "I will not complain. I will not complain." And she and had a glorious finish. She 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 put the piece of the family back together, and they all gathered around on, on her deathbed. All of a sudden, it came together. And I said, whoa, I can't believe this. People who hadn't been talking for five years all of a sudden were hugging each other. Um, and she did that. You know, she just t- started telling everybody that she loved them. And, and, and God is telling us that he loves us. And, and if we trust him, it will be all right.
1: Yes. I think that is the whole thing. And I got to say this because I know we have listeners who are so ready to hear the message that you're giving today is that um and, and my question was you know how do people um deal with these hardships now? And you said trust God. You said um you know it's going know that it's going to be fine. Don't run away. Don't run away. And so I I I hear that with my you know ears so many ways. Don't run away from our Lord and Savior. Still keep your trust there. But that also could mean don't run away from that situation, too, that sometimes you're in a situation, really go into prayer and meditative prayer and seek the guidance from God. Because the answer that he has for one person may not be the answer that he has for you. You have to really seek God and, and have that personal relationship through study and prayer meditation that guides you because he does send people into certain situations to be there for a season to impact that. We go back to Jonah, who was going there to deliver that message for a reason and then you may be the person that he's sitting, you know, to go through and, you know, not stay in that situation for whatever reason. So I think that's so important that our listening audience get that is that, you know, trust God, know that, know that everything is going to be fine and don't run away, really lean into that, into that relationship with God. So yeah, how can we, Oh, am sorry, go ahead.
2: Well, I was going to say it, um, it, I think I, <laughs> I remember what I was going to say. Um, but, it, but it's more than that because um, it's, it's sometimes the situations we get into that seem like the worst turn out to be the greatest opportunities. Um, and, and that was you know, my wife on her deathbed. Um, that was a great opportunity, <laughs> believe it or not. And it's the same way in the end time. Um, the scripture, I think, is in Zechariah. Uh, it talks about a great revival at the end of the age. And, of course, the revival can very well be, be kindled by hardship. It always There's always been some real um, people in real distress that have prayed and kindled these great revivals. And sometimes there's only been a few. Um, so according to what Jesus said, the way it reads is that, yes, these bad things are going to happen, but I'm going to shorten that time. And then there is going to be a time which I think is e- equivalent because I know I know God is just, so I think the the other part of it is going to be equivalent of restoration, revival, and of people um, coming back to him. And so that when Jesus does return on what is the Bible refers to as the day of the Lord, um, Zechariah says that one-third of the human beings on the face of the earth are going up to be with him. Well, right now... Uh, well, even just even 15 years ago, and I think it's, the number is probably lower now. But even 15 years ago, uh, Billy Graham and uh, D. James Kennedy—I I was in Kennedy's church at the time—they um, both said um, that uh, it looks to them as if there's a very only a very small pe- percentage of people in this world who actually are saved and going to be up with the Lord, and they both indicated that it would be less than 10%. well how many people have to be changed change of mind and heart in order for 8% or whatever it is to go up to 33% you know you're talking about millions probably as many as a billion people who are going to be changed in this in this in this terrible time period it, yes it can be looked at as a terrible period but it also can be looked at as a great opportunity and a great blessing you can imagine just what, what what's going on with satan right now he, he'll go nuts when all these people when everything he's done turns up uh, upside down upside down mm-hmm. against him you know this the uh terrorists terrified et cetera, et cetera, and everything is going to be turned upside down and it's going to be turned into a great celebration in heaven with a lot more people going up there than would have done so if it were not for this period of time
1: yeah, you know, when you said that, uh, it boy, it, all, it makes me joyous because I never thought about it quite that way, is right now, uh, we don't have, you know, the number is so small, but these people are going to convert, you know, change from their ways, and it's going to be as a result of this very challenging situation because we do know that that happens. We, we, you know, we we can look right now in our own um, lives and we can say that for a lot of people, and I know a lot of people that this is true for that the COVID was very, very difficult for their family, for them personally, and for their family. But what happened is that their family bond was strengthened by this very challenging uh, there was no precedent for it. We didn't have any, you know, we just didn't know people were living in this constant um, unknowing, but at the end, and we're still not at the end, right? We're still here in it. But what they've come through this is with uh, a tighter bond for those, which they call family. Yeah, and I and, think and that, right, go ahead.
2: And the family of God will be drawn into a closer bond with God. And then yeah. that's what that's, that's revival. And uh, quick story, okay. This is one of my favorites. Concentration camps, communists, people being persecuted, tortured, are really, really bad. And Richard Wormbrand is there, and he, he knows of a woman who has been beaten to death by communist guards. Uh, one day, the, the woman's 12-year-old son shows up wants to talk to the guard who killed his mother. Hands her a flower says, today's my mother's birthday, um, and I want, and she said, I should love everybody, even those who, who, are, who are evil to me, even those who persecute me. And so I'm giving you this flower um, that I would normally have for my mother for her birthday. Well, two days later, the torturer shows up in the prison. He has voluntarily given himself up and basically told himself, told them to treat him just like any other a, a prisoner in there because he could not stand it anymore. He could not do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Wormbrand talks to him, uh, leads him into the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. So here's this awful situation, and the love of this little boy turns him into a great victory. Uh
1: Yes. And it took his, and and I see your point, and I hope our listeners do too. It was the life of his mother was the sacrifice to bring that man into the family of God. And so, um, yeah, yeah.
2: How many boys of that age or in any age would not be enraged at this at what this man had done to kill his mother? They'd be bitterly angry. And here he is giving this guy who had killed his mother a flower. I mean, I when I read this and I thought, whoa, you know, that's, that's right, extreme. That's,
1: right, that's next, that's next level understanding. But the book is so powerful uh, and it is an encouragement. It is a, it is a light. Um, tell us again the title and where our listening audience can get the book.
2: Uh, the, the title is In Time Living. And it actually can be obtained just anywhere where they sell books. Um, if they don't have it in, on stock, they can order it. The way it goes now, a lot, a lot of places just order them on demand. But probably, I, I don't, I don't think they've run out. Amazon.com probably has some. Um, Barnes and Noble probably does. Um, I have a website, um, endtimesmystery.com, endtimesmystery.com. Some I think are are still available at that site, so there are really a variety of places where it might be sought. And I think they can, I think it. I think it's available. I don't think it's sold out.
1: Oh, and, and I, I, I really got to thank you for taking. You said you in the beginning of the show. You said you went into retirement, and uh, and this is what you've been working on. This is your ninth book, you said, I believe. And yeah, the so, ninth um, one
2: since retirement because of that right. one. <laughs> yeah, right. and so, a lot of them so, are about to be uh, fine. Yeah
1: right and and so and, and I just checked on Amazon for our listening audience for so those of you who are interested in obtaining the book In Time Living is available is in stock right now on Amazon. You can order today at least in my area and have it by Wednesday. So I encourage you to really check out this book. It's an encouragement to um to a nation of people who are seeking comfort doing unprecedented times, right?
2: Comfort comfort is the word that just popped into my head at exactly the time when you said it. So comfort (laughs) is is the word.
1: Yeah, And, and, and I don't think it was a better time for this book to come out. Really, I don't, because there are so many things, and people are so curious about the outcome, but fear not. Um, in your book, it does a, such a wonderful job of pointing that out to us. I'm super excited, excited that you took time out of your day to come and spend time with us on the Dr. Drayvon James Everyday Peace Show. I, ca- I cannot thank you enough for our listening audience. I want to remind you that this show and all of our shows can be um, listened to and shared with people that you care about by visiting the Unity Online Radio um, Radio. Org or by subscribing to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also visit my website. It's a great time to do that for a lot of free gifts. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. I absolutely love you. We'll talk next week.